Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. You know, I think of many of the men that I know that have left their wives for other women thinking, you know, this gal, it's going to be great, it's going to be wonderful, and you know what? It is not. It is nothing of the sort. It can't be. Why? Because God is not mocked. Whatever a person sows, they shall reap. That's the universal reality. That's the law. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Galatians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10, in a message titled, Sowing and Reaping. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Everlasting life, age-abiding life. So it's a quality of life that Jesus gives us that there's nothing like it in the world, and it's just going to get better and better as we go on through eternity. And it comes to us. It is the result of the work of the Spirit. So as we sow to the Spirit... As we make the spirit the, the thing that we invest in, in our lives, the things of the spirit, the promises that we will reap this life. And so Paul says then in verse 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Now, when he says, let us not grow weary while doing good, doing good here, we can just translate it. Let us not grow weary sowing to the spirit. That's what he's talking about, the same thing. So sowing to the spirit is doing good. What is doing good? Well, what he's talking about here is let us not grow weary living righteously. See, that's the thing. We need to keep living righteously. Having put our hand to the plow, we're to keep moving forward. We're not to look back. We're not to turn back. We are to keep living righteously. Living righteously meaning that we are, we are to keep living lives of obedience in regard to our relationship with God. And we're to keep living righteously in relationship to our you know, fellow human beings. So... Sowing to the Spirit is living righteously. It's loving God and it's loving others. And of course, as we love God, we obey God. As we love others, we, we do only the things that are going to be a blessing to others. In other words, where love does no harm to its neighbor. All the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not murder, and so forth. They're all summed up in this one, love your neighbor as yourself. So doing good to our neighbors, our fellow men, but we're not to grow weary while doing good. The problem is we sometimes, we look at our situation and we feel like maybe we haven't received that that benefit, that blessing, that life that the scripture is talking about here. We're we're thinking, well, I'm not really experiencing that. And, you know, I'm tired of always trying to do the right thing. And I'm tired of denying myself. And I'm tired of, you know, doing for others and all of that. And it's time. People say this all the time. You know, it's time for me to do something for myself. 
It's time for me to live for myself. It's time for me to think about myself. It's time for me to worry about my own happiness. Nobody else seems to be concerned with it. Beware when those thoughts start dominating your mind because that's the flesh. Now, of course, it's not your, your life isn't to consist of just being a slave to somebody else, but what happens when we start thinking about that and that becomes the thing that sort of begins to drive us, then what that indicates is that we've lost sight of the Spirit. We've lost sight of the Lord. And we've got to get back to that place of remembering Jesus and remembering that we are living for him and not growing weary while doing good, continuing to sow to the spirit. In other words, being faithful through thick and thin, through the good times and the bad, just, you know, keep consistent and persevere, not growing weary while doing good. But then the promise, in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. You see, this is the promise of God. There's a time in due season, and that due season is, you know, probably we could say it's different for each one of us. It's the same for each one of us in the sense that ultimately it's being with the Lord. And then we're going to reap fully this harvest of this age-abiding life. But for the time being, for each of us, there, there's a due season. There's a timing. You know, God has a timing for everything in our lives. And what we need to be confident in, and we can be confident in it because this is what the scripture tells us, is that God is faithful. And so if you're a person who's saying, maybe even today, you came in here with, with this thought in your mind, you know, I've been faithful, I've been, maybe you're not thinking exactly in the terms of I've been sowing to the Spirit, but that's what you've been doing, and that's kind of what's the thought process in your head, even though you might not have used those exact terms, but at the same time you're thinking, but you know, I'm tired, and I look around at other people and they seem to be so much better off and they're not sowing to the spirit at all. I look at people all around me sowing to the flesh and man, they, it seems like everything's just going great for them. You know, you're not the first person that ever felt that way. And you won't be the last. Read Psalm 73. This is exactly what the psalmist himself thought. He said, you know, I looked around. I saw that the, the prosperity of the wicked they don't seem to have any trouble in life. Everything's a breeze. And here I am, I'm trying to serve God and everything's so hard and, and my life is so difficult. And it just seems like, you know, why am I even doing this? Life gets harder for me. It seems like it gets easier for them. And the, the psalmist is expressing all of this in the 73rd Psalm. And then he says this, he says, until I went into the sanctuary of God. So what happened with the psalmist is what happens to us quite often. Got his eyes off the Lord and got his, got, you know, started looking around at everything else and not seeing things as they really are, but seeing things as they appear to be and thinking, you know, the wicked have it so easy. They don't have any problems. Their life is a breeze. They're never in financial trouble. They're perfectly healthy. Things always go their way. And here I am trying to serve God and I'm miserable. 
That's what the psalmist thought. And that's what we sometimes think. Because we just look at things on the surface. And oh, it looks like one thing on the surface, but this is what we need to know. We need to know what the scripture tells us is true, that those who sow to the flesh are reaping corruption. Their ultimate harvest will be a harvest of corruption, ruin, decay. But you know what? It's just right under the surface, even now. Even though it doesn't seem like it, even though it seems like, man, they've got no troubles, they've got no worries, they're just going off, having the time of their lives and all that, you know that that's not really true, don't you? There's a whole nother thing that's going on behind the facade. And this is what the world does. The world puts up this facade and everything looks so great, but it's not great because the flesh leads to corruption. So like the psalmist said, he said, uh, so, th- so this, this, this was my mental state until I went into the house of God and I understood their end. You see, the point of the psalmist was when I was looking at the things around me, I lost perspective. And I thought, you know, why am I even bothering trying to be righteous? I might as well just give up. He said, but when I got my eyes back on God, that's his point. I went into the sanctuary of the Lord. He got God's perspective. He realized, oh, wow, no, these poor people, their their feet are in slippery places. In just a brief moment, everything can come to a conclusion for them. And of course, they go off into judgment. And, And so this is what brought the psalmist back to his senses and brought him back around and encouraged him to continue in doing good, knowing in due season we will reap. That's the promise of God. So wherever you're at right now, know this, don't give up. There's a blessing that's coming. And I I don't know when, I can't tell you when. But God says there's a blessing that's coming in due season. The due season is the time that God knows that is best. So by faith, if, if we're not there at this moment, we just by faith say, okay, Lord, I know I'm going to be there. I don't know when, but, but I am gonna, I'm just going to keep moving forward, knowing ultimately that that's where you're going to bring me to be. And that's the promise that we have to live our lives by. And we have to resist that temptation to go back out and sow to the flesh. And, and the deception that comes along with saying, well, you know, that's where things are going to be better for you. No, they're not. Know that they will not be better. So here's the promise. In due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all especially to those who are of the household of faith. You know, honestly, I, I think this is just true in a general sense. And I know it's, it's true in my life and it's true in your life as well. When we leave off sowing to the spirit, in other words, when we fail to really engage in the things of the spirit and, and the call of God on our lives, this is when trouble begins to rise in our hearts. As long as we stay engaged, 
as long as we stay busy, and not just you know busy for busy's sake, but, but busy in the things of the Lord, and that's what he's saying here, as we have opportunity, let us do good. Let us do good to all. You know, a lot of times the cure for my temptation to wander off into the realm of the flesh, a lot of times the cure is just really jumping in with both feet and really engaging in what God is doing and taking those opportunities to do good. Again, doing good is a, uh, it's synonymous with sowing to the spirit, taking those opportunities to sow to the spirit, whether it is with people in general or those within the immediate family of God, just look, just looking for the opportunities. You know, boredom has this tendency to, to lead us into the things of the flesh. We're all familiar with Sodom and Gomorrah, I would imagine. And we, when we think of Sodom and Gomorrah, generally we think of the, the sin there and the, the homosexuality and all of that. And that was a reality. That was an issue there. God brought a judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. But you know what it says in Ezekiel about Sodom and Gomorrah? You know what it says the sin there was? It doesn't point to that particular sin. It says that the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was idleness, fullness of bread, and no concern for the hurting people. So there was an idleness. There was a, 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 a complacency that developed because of, I mean, if you think about it, it's just describing like a, a comfort zone. And then, uh, you know, just concerned about yourself. And then the next thing you know, they're engaged in all kinds of sowing to the flesh. And so what I'm saying is that oftentimes the remedy for the tendency to drift into the flesh is just to dive deeper and deeper into the things of the spirit, taking every opportunity, the opportunity as, as the opportunity comes, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And knowing that as we just engage in the things of God, that as we give ourselves more and more to the work of the Lord and in wherever God has placed us, because you know, there's, there's work to do everywhere. There's being with a friend this week who um, is a, like a designer in New York City. And as, as we were having a conversation, he was just telling me how every job that he does, every client that he encounters, every, you know, just this whole world of hustle and bustle right there in the city he said, you know, God has just shown me that every single one of these is an opportunity for ministry in some way. So even though that's his particular, you know, profession, he sees all of these people that he encounters throughout the days in his professional life as those that he can sow to the spirit in their lives. And when he's not doing that, he's with the brothers and sisters doing what he can to, to build them up in the faith. 
and to be built up in the faith. And, and that's the way our lives are to be lived in these days because there's ultimately a harvest that will come. It's inevitable. You sow, you will reap. Our lives are, are sowing. We're either sowing to the flesh or we're sowing to the spirit. There's a harvest day that will come. And so since that is true, now is not the time to faint. It is not time to faint. It's not time to lose heart. Now is not the time to indulge the flesh or embrace the world. We need to keep sowing to the spirit. And keep sowing to the spirit. I've thought about this a number of times, especially lately for some reason. But I've just thought about, you know, what would it be like to have spent so much of your life in pursuit of this one thing, and then right before you attain it, or, you know, it, it would be like running in a marathon or something, and then, you know, you're, I mean, you're literally like 100 yards from the finish line, and you're just like, I'm quitting. You know, who, who would do that? I quit. You know, I'm just tired of this. I ran 26 miles. I don't need to run any further. And you miss the finish line. And I think, what is the matter with people who have spent decades following the Lord, seemingly serving the Lord, and then they just are deciding, you know what, I'm, I'm quit. I'm going to go do this now. And listen, I know too many people that are doing that. And I've said this before, but, you know, there's never, ever a good time to backslide. Never. Never a good time to sow to the flesh. Never. But this is a particularly bad time to do it. You actually have to be fairly stupid in this day and age to do that. I mean, it's like, what? What are you thinking? What, what is there out there that you're thinking is a greater reality than what you have here. But it's like I said when I started, the deception is increasing in our days. And we have got to be aware that this is part of the deception, to think that there's actually something out there that's better, to think that, you know, it's okay to sow to the flesh. I'm, I'm going to break, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be the one that breaks this uh, you know, I know everybody else sows to the flesh and reaps corruption, but not me. I'm going to sow to the flesh and I'm going to reap something wonderful. <laughs> You're fooling yourself. It's not going to happen. You know, I think of many of the men that I know that have left their wives for other women thinking, you know what, man, I just got to get away from this. This is, you know, this has never been good. And, you know, this gal, it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. And you know what? It is not. It is nothing of the sort. It can't be. Why? Because God is not mocked. Whatever a person sows, they shall reap. That's the universal reality. That's the law. You know, we hear people talking about karma. And people say, yay, you know, what goes around comes around. And 
you know, all those little sayings that we have. But this is the truth. Whatever a person sows, they will reap. You sow to the flesh, then ruin will be the harvest. You sow to the spirit, this quality, this age-abiding life, ultimately with God eternally, but here on earth, we have that experience as well. So in closing, it reminds me of the words that the author of Hebrews wrote to us in the 12th chapter. You remember there where the, the author exhorts us, he says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Endurance, that means, you know, keep going. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. But, but how do I keep going? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary in your souls. How do we keep going? How do we persevere? How do we endure to the end? How do we go all the way to cross the finish line? We look to Jesus. We look to Jesus as our example, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. But we also look to him as our source of strength. Not just the example, although the example is important. Because as we look to Jesus, what we're seeing in his example is somebody who did this very thing. He endured despising the shame and he did it for us. So Jesus did this for me. I want to do something in return for him. But then also, like I said, knowing that he's the source as we look to Jesus, he will give us the strength. He will give us the endurance. He will sort out our perspective if we've lost our perspective. Remember the psalmist, this is what I thought until I went into the house of the Lord. And so it's the same thing. He went into the house of the Lord. He saw and remembered, oh yeah, I got God's perspective. So we look to Jesus and everything comes into focus. And we realize, oh yes, there is a day of accountability. There is a day of judgment. There is a day when every idle word will be accounted for. And of course, those things are all applicable to those who are outside of Christ. But for us who are in Christ, there's a day when we will be judged. Not to determine whether we go to heaven or hell. That's already been determined by our faith in Christ. But we're going to be rewarded or or miss a reward for our faithfulness to the Lord, sowing to the Spirit as we've walked with him through this life. So may God help us to just have that truth fixed in our minds that the universal law of, of sowing and reaping is fully in operation and God will not be mocked. But as we look to Jesus... We continue knowing that in due season, 
we will reap. That's the promise of God. For the month of June, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled The Myth of Coincidence by John Bonner. Are you struggling to recognize the hand of God during difficult seasons of life? If you need a fresh reminder of God's presence in your present circumstances, or if you know someone who does, then you need to get this book. The Myth of Coincidence chronicles John Bonner's story of God's faithfulness and is full of devotional insights, scripture, and sections for reflecting upon how God is at work in your life. Dispel the myth of coincidence in your own story. Get this book today. The book, The Myth of Coincidence by John Bonner, is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Galatians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.